Welcome to T. Rowe Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Christine Akins, and I'm delighted to be your host. I've spent my career helping people prepare for retirement. My colleagues joining me today are financial professionals who help people on their retirement journey, whether they're planning for retirement or are already there. I think today's topic is pretty important because it involves putting ourselves first when it comes to our finances. This idea of paying ourselves first is about saving not only for what we need today, but things in the future, like retirement. It's not always easy to save for something that seems far away. And when you're trying to save for multiple things at once, you may feel like you aren't making enough progress, and that can be a real confidence killer. I'm joined by certified financial planner professionals, Jennifer Almeida and Judith Ward. Welcome to the show, Jen and Judy. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My hope for today's discussion is that we can help listeners create some healthy savings habits so that they feel like they're making progress towards their retirement goals. So let's start with a very basic question. Why is it important for people to save? Jen? There's so many reasons, Christine. If you think about when you retire, your expenses don't just disappear, unfortunately, though that would be really nice. You still will have to pay for utilities and groceries You still have to get around, so there'll be transportation costs, so on and so forth. You're going to need to pull money from somewhere to fund your lifestyle. And many rely heavily on Social Security, but Social Security benefits are not intended to replace all of the income we have prior to retirement. And the higher your income prior to retirement, the less of it is typically replaced by Social Security. So simply put, if you don't save, you might experience a drastic change in lifestyle. On top of that, the retirement landscape has changed drastically over the last several decades. There's a decrease in company-funded pensions, so where before we would often work for the same company our entire careers, and they would simply replace some of our income through the pensions that they give us in retirement. Now that's no longer the case for most companies. There's also an increase in the amount of time that we spend in retirement, and a decrease in the likelihood of our family members being able to help us with those expenses. So it's mostly up to us to put money away today so that we can take care of ourselves down the line and avoid being a burden to others. Saving also puts you in a position where you're able to help others if that's important to you. So just like they tell you during airplane safety instructions, you're supposed to put your mask on first before helping others. You're not in a position to help your loved ones if you can't take care of yourself first. That's so thoughtful. Thank you, Jen. Judy, would you add to that? What we see now is most people will be reliant on a combination of Social Security benefits and their own personal savings to fund a retirement that could last decades. So think of it as an investment in your future. You're saving now so you can spend later and enjoy a retirement you envision. And it also allows you to have some control. It's on your terms in retirement rather than having to leave it to chance. And for the people who say, I don't worry about saving for retirement because I'll never retire, how do you respond? Jen? Well, unless we have a crystal ball, we never know for sure. Sometimes we're forced into retirement for reasons outside of our control, like health issues or needing to care for aging family members or even unexpected layoffs, just to name a few. It's best to prepare just even a little bit for the unknown. Having something in savings provides peace of mind. And I'll give you an example. I have a, an old colleague, 
uh, we'll call her Fulana, which is the Puerto Rican way of saying Joe Schmo. So Fulana had to retire unexpectedly because she was traveling a lot and it took a toll on her body. She had some health issues that she had to take care of. Luckily, she had enough saved and she was able to make it work. So she didn't necessarily want to retire when she did, but she was forced into that because of something out of her control. Thanks for sharing that, Jen. Since we need to be responsible for our retirement savings, how much should we be saving? Are there benchmarks based on salary or age? Judy, can you help us to think through that question? A lot of it does depend on the age you expect to retire, your life expectancy, your income sources in retirement, how you envision your lifestyle, and how you're investing your savings. But we've tried to kind of simplify it a little bit for people to provide just general guideposts, if you will. By age 30, for example, an appropriate amount to consider to have saved would be half your income. So if an investor is is making $50,000 a year, then the guideline would be to have saved $25,000. By age 35, an amount that's one times income. So again, if an investor is making $50,000 a year, then an amount to consider would be $50,000. By age 40, an amount that's two times income. And by age 50, an amount that's five times income. So by retirement, which you know we could assume age 65, 11 times income. Now, that might sound like a lot, <laughs> but starting early, as soon as you start your career, for example, or your first job, can really make this an achievable goal. Now, keep in mind, these are general targets and are not individualized to personal circumstances and situations. Judy, those guideposts are so helpful. We know that saving just doesn't happen by itself. So having some benchmarks to help understand if you're making progress in the right way is super helpful. So help us to understand how important is it to start saving early? The earlier you can save for retirement, the longer your money can benefit from compounded growth. And that's just a fancy term that means your money is earning money. For young investors that can start in their 20s or early 30s, compound growth can be magic. Time is a young person's greatest ally. So let's walk through an example. Let's say you're 30 years old making $50,000 a year. And you could assume you would get a 5% raise a year through age 45 and then a 3% raise a year until age 65. And all the time your salary is going up, you are contributing 15% to your 401k. And let's say you get an annual return of 7% on that account. 35 years later, you would have almost 11 times your salary saved at age 65. Now, what if you don't start until you're 40 years old? You're making $80,000 a year. You'll get a 5% annual raise until age 45, and then a 3% raise annually until age 65. The same annual rate of return of 7% on the account, and you're contributing 15% of your salary each year, just like the 30-year-old. By the time you are 65, you may have almost seven times your salary saved. Now that's still pretty good, but if you were able to start a few years earlier, you could have 11 times your salary saved. Now if you're getting a late start, don't despair. You can still make significant progress towards your retirement goals. And we'll provide those assumptions after the episode for more detail. But we just wanted to show how that starting early even if you're making a lot less money in your career, 
can really make a difference. Judy, thanks for those insights. Jen, would you like to add to that? I would say that just like anything else, the sooner you get started, the easier it's going to be to get into the groove. Think of a snowball rolling down the hill. If I'm standing at the top of the hill and I start rolling a ball of snow down versus Judy standing in the middle of the hill, rolling her snowball down the hill, who's going to have a larger snowball at the bottom of the hill? It is really important to start early. It makes it easier to build. That's great, Jen. And so what I'm getting from this conversation is the combination of personal savings, habits, and time can really make a difference in somebody's retirement planning. So let's talk a little bit about what type of accounts can I save in and are there limits for some of those savings? Judy, can we start with you? Sure. Generally, consider accounts that are specifically for retirement. There's IRAs, individual retirement accounts, or a workplace plan like a 401k plan. Now you may get a tax benefit at the time you make the contribution, and we tend to call those traditional accounts, or you may get a tax benefit in retirement, and we call those Roth accounts. So for an IRA, the individual retirement account, for 2022, you can contribute up to $6,000. If age 50 or older, you can contribute an additional $1,000 for a total of $7,000. Now in a workplace plan, generally you can contribute more, like a 401k account for 2022, you can contribute $20,500 with an additional $6,500 you know, to catch up if you're age 50 or older. Now, keep in mind, and employers may impose other limits. And then with an IRA, you do have the choice of traditional or Roth. You may also have that choice in your 401k plan as well. You can also save outside of those accounts. For some people, we talk about trying to save 15% of your income. If you're a dual-earning household, that 15% might exceed some of these contribution limits, especially if you can only use an IRA. So supplementing with a taxable account, you know, a regular taxable account or a brokerage account is a great idea, too, to supplement those retirement savings. And there are no contribution limits, but the tax benefits may be different. So you, you want to make sure you understand that. Jen, do you have anything to add? We would encourage you to consider your company match if they are providing matching dollars to your 401k plan. And if the match is less than 6%, we would encourage you to save at least 6% into retirement savings. The average investor would need to save upwards of 15%, including their company match, in order to retire in their mid-60s for a 30-year retirement, trying to replace their pre-retirement income. But you may have to save more or less depending on the lifestyle you envision. Generally, the more you save, the better. So having larger amounts saved is going to provide you more flexibility in your plans, maybe to retire early or even have a more lavish lifestyle in retirement. That's really helpful. Thank you, Jen. What do you think keeps people from saving? The ones that I hear stated the most are living paycheck to paycheck or being afraid or unsure of the stock market. So when it comes to living paycheck to paycheck, there's a belief that we just don't have enough to save, that if only we made a little bit more money, we could save a little bit more. But there have been studies that show that if you make more money, you tend to spend more money, not save more money. So first, I do want to acknowledge that some folks really don't have enough to save. I grew up in a low-income household, single mother, five children, 
She really didn't have an extra penny. The harsh truth is that there's a lot of pressure from society to keep up with the Joneses. And some of us are constantly spending on things just to compare ourselves to others or because we see others have some things that we want. But if we want to see results, we need to make some sacrifices. Often when people find out what I do for a living, we get into conversations about how to be able to save more money. I was speaking to this lady a while ago who was going on and on about how she did not have the income that would enable her to save for retirement. As we were walking out to her vehicle, I noticed the brand new car stickers on her window. And I thought to myself, here's this lady who's saying that she doesn't have any money to save, but clearly just made a decision about spending her money on this new car. Meanwhile, my car is a 2011 two-door coupe that I paid $8,000 for and have been running into the ground for the last several years. So keep in mind that with every dollar you spend, you're choosing to put those dollars towards something today instead of your income in the future. It could be big stuff like your housing and your vehicle. It could also be small stuff like looking at your insurance premiums, your subscriptions and memberships, the coffee that you drink in the morning and how much money you're spending there. But if you can pinch the pennies, uh, you'll have more money to save towards retirement. The other reason why people are having a difficult time saving is because they're afraid of the market. Maybe they just don't want to put their money in out of fear of losing it to their investments. But a lot of this fear comes from misconceptions about the market. So I would encourage people to get more educated, get more exposure. That's going to build your confidence. Look at the facts. Take a look at the historical returns of the S&P 500 index. You'll notice that in every 20-year rolling period from 1970 through the end of 2021, it's yielded a positive average return. And when there are negative returns, usually it has a smaller impact in the grand scheme of things. Judy, we'd love to hear your perspectives. I would say a lot of it is having competing priorities. And Jen, I think you talked really nicely about priorities and we need to be intentional. So if retirement savings is going to be a priority, we need to be intentional about that, as well as our other priorities. I know you talked about the morning coffee and the morning lattes, and I have to be honest, if your morning latte gives you joy, then get the morning latte. Maybe it's something else you need to reprioritize so that you can make those retirement savings. I think a lot of it too is people just, they don't know how to start. I find also with a lot of women, women want to know everything before they get started. And this is where I say, just put a plan together, keep it simple. If you have a 401k plan, as Jen mentioned, take full advantage of the company match and then work up to the 15% if you can. Use an investment that's already allocated for you. You don't have to make those investment decisions. You don't have to be that investment guru just to get started. I always say, start now, learn later. 
And Jen mentioned some great ideas, too, about educating yourself. So really be intentional. Have a plan. We talk about 15% of your income. Start where you can. Move up to that. And choose investments that are kind of packaged up for you so you don't have to make those decisions right away. And automate what you can. So again, I think it's just not knowing where to start. Keep it simple and just get started. Those are some really sound steps for anybody to follow. Thank you, Judy. Let's continue to build on that. Jen, how can we make saving easier for people so it's more of a habit? I think it's important to focus on the vision. Get excited about the small sacrifices you might be making to get there. Daydream. And when you have a partner, daydream with your partner, with your family and friends. Maybe join a finance club or get a savings buddy. Start a group chat about investing. My boyfriend, will call him Fulano, he did not have any savings when we first met. He made twice as much as I did, but had nothing in savings. And yet I had this robust retirement account. When I started sharing my retirement plan with him, my vision of retiring in Puerto Rico and spending every day on the beach, he got really excited about that. And he wanted to know, how do I get there? I want to be there with you. And how do we get there faster? And so oftentimes we will plan together. What if we retire at this age versus that age? We can have this amount versus that amount. Should we make a sacrifice to the lifestyle so that we can retire sooner? Or should we spend more lavishly and retire later? Just having those discussions with the people you love, I think, is going to get you into the habit of saving because you're planning together. And the focus isn't so much on what you're putting in now. The focus is on what you get out of it later. I would also say it's important to soak up all the education that's available to you. Make decisions that align with your vision and commit to checking in at least once a year. It's really important not only to create the plan, but to check in on it. And like Judy said, automate as much as possible. I think when you can set it and forget it, it becomes so easy. You don't even have to think about it. So what about dividing and conquering? Is it okay for only one spouse to focus on saving? Judy, can we start with you, please? Couples should definitely have a shared financial objective and vision, as Jen eloquently talked about her vision in Puerto Rico. But how we get there and what works best for their situation could be different, although communication is key. And we talked about these savings benchmarks earlier, how much to have saved by certain ages. And that can be viewed at a household level as well. Another guideline we talk about is saving 15% of income. Now, that can include any company match, but that is also at a household level. So if one spouse is a primary breadwinner, then that spouse may need to take on the responsibility of saving for retirement And if one spouse has access to a 401k plan, then they may need to do the savings for the household. But what's important is that both spouses share in the objective setting, agree on how they're going to get there, and they track their progress together. That's great. So how can I make sure I don't fall behind saving for retirement if I stop working? Jen, can we hear from you first? Consider working part-time or contract work part-time so that you can earn a little bit to fund an IRA. As long as you have earned income, you can open an IRA and, and save up to those annual limits. 
Just as an example, I have a part-time gig as a pet sitter. I use those funds to make sure that I can save extra in my retirement plan. If I didn't have those funds, I might be inclined to decrease my contribution to my plan so that I can meet other needs. I would also point to spousal IRAs. If you are married and your spouse has income, they could contribute on your behalf to what's referred to as a spousal IRA. So maybe having a discussion with them about whether or not you can, as a couple, afford to make those contributions. Finally, I would say you could consider pushing back your retirement. It's not the greatest idea in some people's eyes if they're ready to go, but increasing the the window that you have to save and decreasing the window that you have pulling the money out is obviously going to make it a little bit easier for you to reach your goals and cutting expenses. Like Judy said, we don't want you to deprive yourself of all the good things that life has to offer, but choosing where you want to make your sacrifices. Those are really great points, Jen. Thank you. Judy, is there anything you'd like to add? I would just like to add this idea of having an emergency fund. This is money that's on the side outside of any of your retirement accounts. And typically, we say to have an amount that's equal to three to six months of expenses. So if something happens and you're out of the workforce, you have those funds that can help you make your expenses so that you don't have to draw money out of an old 401k or take money out of an IRA just to make ends meet. So that's one idea. A spousal IRA, it's one way to keep those um, retirement savings going where, as Jen mentioned, the working spouse can make the contributions on behalf of the spouse who isn't earning at the moment. I think that's often overlooked, but can really make a difference for couples. Well, this has been a great conversation. Let's summarize a few key takeaways for our listeners. Judy, what would you highlight? Pay yourself first. That means you include your savings goals as part of your budget. Saving whatever's left over isn't a plan. Be intentional and also make it as easy as possible. Automatic savings programs, for example, if it comes directly from your paycheck, you may not even miss it. And it's invested before you even have a chance to spend it. That's great. Jen, we'd love to hear from you. There's no magic pill to create the capacity to save. It really boils down to increasing your income and or decreasing your expenses. When you do one or both of those, you'll find yourself with a little bit more wiggle room. I would challenge you to consider the trade-off between the purchases that you're making today and the expenses that you'll have tomorrow. And no matter how old you are, you are the youngest you will ever be again today. The strongest dollars you have are the ones that you have today. Those are the ones with the most potential to grow. Challenge yourself to start or increase your savings by 1% to 2% right now. Well, it's hard to believe, but it's time for us to start wrapping the discussion. We want to leave our listeners with a parting thought or a next step. Judy, let's start with you. Remember to check how much you are contributing each year. That's something you should look at every year. If you have never checked, chances are you're contributing at the same level that, you know, when you started and who knows how long that could have been. If it's been a while, try to challenge yourself and increase that amount. That's great. Jen, what would you share with our listening audience? Check your beneficiaries. So make sure that you have the proper folks named on the account. Make sure that you have conversations with them about what your intent is 
if they inherit those dollars. Getting your loved ones involved is a great motivator. Share the knowledge that you've gained. If I had a penny for every time I heard, I wish somebody would have told me this sooner, right? Educate your loved ones and make sure that it's a family goal, not just your own. That's great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. This has been a terrific conversation. Thanks. It was nice to be here, Christine. This was such a treat, Christine. Thank you for having me. Again, I'm Christine Akins, and thank you for listening. Please tune in for our next episode, which focuses on how Social Security works. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I hope your next step towards retirement is a confident one. T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. The compounding interest example assumes that each investor at age 30 and 40 is investing 15% of their salary annually. The example beginning at age 30 assumes a beginning salary of $50,000, escalated 5% a year to age 45, then 3% a year to age 65. The example beginning at age 40 assumes a beginning salary of $80,000, escalated 5% a year to age 45, then 3% a year to age 65. Annual rate of return is 7%. All savings are assumed tax-deferred. Multiple of ending salary saved divides final ending portfolio balance by ending salary at age 65. This example is for educational purposes only and is not meant to represent the performance of any specific investment option. The assumptions used may not reflect actual market conditions or your specific circumstances and do not account for plan or IRS limits. Please be sure to take all of your assets, income, and investments into consideration in assessing your retirement savings adequacy. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you, nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. The views contained herein are as of the date noted on the material and are subject to change without notice. These views may differ from those of other T. Rowe Price Group companies and or associates. This information is not intended to reflect a current or past recommendation, investment advice of any kind, or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment services. The material has not been reviewed by any regulatory authority in any jurisdiction. The opinions and commentary provided do not take into account the investment objectives or financial situation of any particular investor or class of investor. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. Past performance cannot guarantee future results. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price, Invest with Confidence, Retire with Confidence, The Bighorn Sheep Design, and Confident Conversations, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated. All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, Distributor, T. Rowe Price, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, Investment Advisor.